Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <sighs> I can't really remember. And I think that's because I think it was just really upsetting. <laughs> He really missed you and um, he didn't understand what was happening. Sometimes he'd seem completely fine, distracted, and then other times it's sort of, he'd remember that you weren't around and get very upset. He was just really confused. He was really confused and I couldn't, I felt I couldn't really help him. This is A Bit of a Stretch, the podcast. I'm Chris Atkins and I'm a filmmaker who was jailed for tax fraud in 2016. I got sentenced to five years, served two and a half, and I've written a book about my time in Wandsworth Prison, also called A Bit of a Stretch. In jail, I met loads of fascinating characters, and since I got out, I've recorded over 20 conversations with ex-prisoners. I've been using their stories to shine a light onto Britain's crumbling prison system. Each episode is centred on a different theme, and this one is all about the impact that prison has on children. This is something very personal to me, as my own son Kit was nearly four when I went away. So, in this episode, I'll mostly be talking to Kit's mother, Lottie Mogarg. We had separated a couple of years beforehand, but remained good friends and had shared the parenting equally. When I was convicted, I had a week before I was sentenced, so we moved Kit to Lottie's place full-time. On the morning of my sentencing, we had breakfast and play together. I then hugged Kit goodbye and left for Southwark Crown Court. All our attentions have been on you and the case. Now, this from this moment on, Kit had to yeah. be the focus. Yeah. I think I was waiting for a text and just lying on the sofa with Wimbledon on in the background and Kit reading a book and strangely peaceful. Got this text and I was shocked just seeing it in words. So it's a long time, five long years. Time, yeah. Even if you're doing half and then looking at Kit, he wasn't even four then, and thinking, my God. Six and a half when he gets out. Yeah. Just um, thinking, right, our job now is to get you through this with as least damage possible. Up until that point, Kit had been a central part of my life, and the brutal separation only added to the trauma of imprisonment. Neither Lottie or I had any previous experience of prisons so we weren't even sure if it was a good idea for Kit to visit me inside. So, for my first visit, Lottie came in on her own to scope out HMP Wandsworth and judge if it was appropriate for Kit to come in. 
And then you came in for the induction visit. What, what, what was that like? Extremely nerve-wracking. I mean, the kind of nerves where you just want to go to the loo. <laughs> You've got absolutely no idea what will happen. Something about going into this grim, secret place which you heard lots of about, but you don't know anything about. And there's a real atmosphere of zero tolerance, even at tissue or whatever, or you don't have exactly the right money for the locker. There's nothing spelling this out at all. There's no information you can find online. But you have to really work to find out what to do. You have to go through metal detectors and a search and then wait in this other sort of antechamber surrounded by posters warning against taking in spice and you know, pictures of young men in comas with their families weeping over them. And When you did that for the first time, were you thinking, I'm going to have to bring Kit through all this? I was scoping it. There were lots of children, and I thought actually the things which I found awful about it, he probably wouldn't notice. Mm. That first visit, you were so adrenalised still. We were just on different wavelengths. Completely different wavelengths, yeah. Because, again, it's all new and the grinding day-to-dayness of it hasn't yet... Hadn't even started. Hadn't even started. We both agreed that Kit should visit as soon as possible. But Wandsworth insisted on checking Kit's criminal record before he was allowed in. So I had to wait five agonising weeks to see him. Those first few weeks, and I've just vanished off the face of the earth. How was it with Kit? It was Kit's birthday very shortly afterwards. So I remember focusing on making cakes for him. He really missed you and um, he didn't understand what was happening. You know, we told him you'd gone away on a timeout. Yeah. And, he, you know, you'd gone to the building. We didn't use the word prison because of the associations with bad people. Mm. Like, you know, sometimes he'd seem completely fine, distracted, and then other times it's sort of, he'd remember that you weren't around and get very upset. He was just really confused. He was really confused and I couldn't, I felt I couldn't really help him. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It obviously changed your life in a sense because you went from being someone who had a child half the week to having a child the whole week. It was, but also I had lots of help. My mum lived opposite. Lottie's mum, Deborah Mogok, played a huge role in helping Lottie, Kit and myself. You might have heard of Debbie, She wrote the book of the best exotic Marigold Hotel and many other successful novels. She would regularly bring in Kit to visit me, which for her brought back memories of visiting her own mother in prison 30 years earlier. I mean, my own mother went to prison for nine months for helping an old lady die. Charlotte Hoff, Kit's great-grandmother, had assisted the suicide of a friend in 1985. She was convicted of attempted murder at the Old Bailey and was incarcerated in Holloway Prison. My mother was frightfully posh. She was was old for a prisoner. She was 60. So she was a real fish out of water? Totally. She was bullied hugely. She put quite a brave face on it and she wrote very funny letters about it. Visiting was traumatic because she seemed shrunk, older, vulnerable... We were allowed in chocolates. It wasn't like with you. You could bring in... You could take things in. You could take things in. And because my mother's a bit of a boozer, me and my sisters would buy liqueur chocolates. Really good ones, so they had a lot of liqueur in them. Mm. And we'd give them those. So she'd work her way through, you know, Tio Pepe. You know, you bite a bit and then you tip it up and you have a little drink. Got a wish on them. I know, you would have <laughs> loved that. I think it is like bereavement and particularly 
because of your son. Mm. Because, you know, a three-year-old, A, doesn't know what's happening, so you mm. can't really explain, for better or for worse. In a way, it's quite good that they don't know what's happening because no. they can't be bullied or teased at school because no. none of their school children have a clue about prison either. But he was a vulnerable child and you were going to miss two and a half years of his childhood, which mm. is insupportably sad, and he was going to miss you, which is also insupportably mm. sad, and he'd done nothing wrong. I think also we weren't judgmental. Not at all. And I think actually that seemed to happen with most of your friends and family. You know, people may have thought, well, this was rather stupid what you did, mm. but nobody was that judgmental. Seeing the harm to Kit mm. now, which I think is showing a bit, mm. um, when, you know, I do think, God, I wish you hadn't bloody done it. Listening to the impact that my imprisonment had on my son wasn't easy to hear. Debbie has always been a massive supporter of me throughout this ordeal, but she still worries about the effect it all had on Kit. You came to visit, because I think Lottie was finding it quite tough. Once we got you on the list, you, you brought Kit. So what, what was that like? Unfriendly, of course. Bureaucratic. You felt these rules were stupid. The fact that you're with other people, all mothers and children, who you know have had a huge journey to get there. Some people turned up in great big shiny 4 by 4s very tarted up with a lot of cleavage showing, but most weren't. Most of them looked pretty desperate. The officers at Wandsworth, some of them were all right, but they were at best, you know, brusque and efficient, and at worst, treating you as if you were part of the sort of criminal fraternity. And also some of them weren't particularly nice to Kit. You know, he was a small child, mm. fairly traumatised, and there wasn't any acknowledgement of that mm. with nearly all of them. They weren't hostile. They just had no imagination about well, how it must be yeah. to be visiting people in prison. It's also really nice to see the lit-up face, in this case of you, when you come in with your darling son. Yeah. It's worth it all, then. I mean, I was nervous, now we're talking about it, and I'm remembering, I was nervous that, that he wouldn't rush up to you and hug you. I was nervous about um, that. And I knew you were obviously nervous of that, yeah. but he always did, so that was great. I'm always interested to think is like how he reacted to the sort of sinister, uh, authoritarian nature of the place. I don't think it upset him. He was too young. I think that older children suffer much more. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't suffer... And I think he's, he's very needy now, and I don't think it's been great for him. But the older children, it's much worse. I knew loads of other prisoners who were parents, and the separation from their kids was a major source of heartbreak. If the child was too old, then they could be traumatised by visiting the prison environment. But if the child was too young, then they might not form a parental bond at all. And you said your missus was eight months pregnant when you she got was, missed. yeah. This is Tony. We met him in a previous episode. He was in his early 20s when he got 10 years for drugs and guns offences. So your little boy got born. He was born whilst I was incarcerated, yeah. What the fuck was that like? Fucking shit. And that's not even the worst of it. The worst of it is, I was in jail for six years. Six years. I missed his first steps, his first words, his teeth, everything. Birthdays, Christmas, everything. I missed everything. 
Did he come in to visit? Did she bring him? He did, place? yeah, but it's, it's not the same. If anything, it, it was fucking heartbreaking because I watched my little boy grow up and I was sitting at a table that I'm not allowed to get off the chair in a fucking bright yellow bib. And that's all, that's all he's seen of you? That's how he knew his dad. That's his first memories of his dad. But you stayed in touch. I mean, lots of guys don't even stay in touch. No, of course I stayed in touch. I have to. That's, that's what, if you're a man, you know, that's what men do. So how was it when, when, when you left? Did, did you see your boy? What, what was that like? What, when I got out of jail? Yeah. Fucking heartbreaking, man. It was so weird. I felt so out of place. When I walked into, in, into his home, it's just, that's his home, you know what I'm saying? It's not, I ain't got a home. Even this, this ain't my home. I haven't got a home. And how, how did he react to yeah? I felt very awkward because you must understand I've never been around children my whole life and then I come out of jail I've got a fucking a six year old boy do you know what I mean if I was there from birth it would have been so different there would have been the bonding time changing nappies feeding him taking him to the park I ain't, I've, I ain't done none of that man I've literally walked out of prison and I've got a six year old boy he's got a character a personality you know he likes fucking Mario and I've missed everything I might as well be a stranger and it's fucking heartbreaking man Proper heartbreaking, man. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There are over 200,000 children in the UK who have parents in prison. These kids are twice as likely to suffer mental illness and three times more likely to be involved in crime. 65% of boys with a convicted father go on to offend themselves. I was pretty sure that Kit wasn't going to get in any trouble with the law, but I constantly worried about the impact that my absence had on his mental health. It was lucky that we weren't together, and we, so Kit already had two separate houses. Mm. He wasn't being uprooted. He just wasn't at your house, but he still mm. had mine, and um, his bedroom was all the same. It's very hard to know what he was thinking all this time. I mean, after a while, we decided to, we need to make it clear where he is. I just didn't mm. want him to ever think that we were lying to him. Mm. 
and because everyone was talking about you the whole time and you know we were going to when he started visits as well it's obvious know. I was in a prison it was yeah. obvious you in a prison there were bars everywhere and you know there's no point trying to because some people do I know, I know lots of prisoners who told yeah. their kids like oh daddy's way on business and you know I'm not judging them for that it just, it just seems that that moment when the children find out they've been lied to mm. that will come at some point mm. and it's just deferring the pain I think and that could almost be worse than the going away itself. I think so. Another thing which um, I don't think we've ever really talked about was when we were at the stage of telling Kit, you know, Daddy did something wrong, mm. he's now being punished for it, he's gone to prison, but he's not a bad person. There wasn't the added complication of, it's like, Daddy did this thing, he didn't really do it, because then it must breed this anger against the system Obviously, all these awful statistics about young boys getting into trouble with authority after dad's in prison. Feeling that they've been unjustly taken away from you. Mm. I mean, I can't think of a quicker way to breed anger against authority than that. So you think it helped that we could say, honestly, like, daddy did do something wrong and this is just what's happened and here's how we're going through it. Oh, my God, definitely. And that's what we teach children, isn't it? We all make mistakes, Mm. you own up to it, you learn from it, you don't do it again. You were always brilliant with me. You were always like, look, it's fine, it's fine, we're going to get through it. You, there was never a word of anger ever about the whole thing. It must have been a point where you went, oh, fucking hell, Chris. What's he done to me in my life? What's he done to kids' life? <laughs> you definitely did something stupid, <laughs> foolish and stupid. Not to not like, but I know all the circumstances yeah. now. I know the kind of person you are. People make, people make mistakes. I remember you saying that, you know, inside, like, you judge people not on what they did, but how they act. Sort of like that, wasn't it? Like, you made this really bad mistake, admitted it, you're paying for it. If you hadn't made all the effort, you'd stop phoning Kit because you felt it was pointless or you felt that you weren't worthy of being a father, or whatever, you know, like, if you'd succumbed to self-pity or if Kit hadn't been at the forefront of everything you did, Mm. then I might have felt angry, actually, but... He was. There were moments, you know, waiting in... There's a bus stop near Wandsworth Prison, which is bleak at the best of times, but on a Sunday, after being to prison, it's like the loneliest, bleakest place in the world. Waiting there on a freezing November Sunday. Mm. I mean, I had moments of thinking, oh, fuck off. You're allowed to have them, by the way. Yeah, I mean, no, amazing I mean, it, it wasn't anger. It was more just like, oh, for fuck's sake. You couldn't really do much else that day. I was trying to work out how many visits you must have come on, and I think yeah. it must have been 50 or 60. Yeah. I mean, you, everyone was amazed because they all assumed that we were still together because mm. they said, you know, your baby mama is bringing yeah. in your boy again this week. Because there were people who were still together and their, the mums didn't bring in the kids mm. as often as you did with Kit. It was quite extraordinary. He looked forward to seeing you. He didn't talk about it at all. He wanted to take it at face value. I think he found the whole thing so confusing the concept of you being in a prison. You know, we said, it's all going to be fine. Daddy still loves you. And he was like, yeah, and he just wanted to believe all that. Yeah. It's the place where Daddy was. It's just the place where Daddy was. And you do believe things. When you're a child, you believe what your parents tell you. But then the negative stuff you said would happen not at the prison. Yeah, it happened at, it happened at home. It'd be just, you know, a night he'd be missing you. Um, but no, he never said, I don't want to go and see Daddy. No. He, you know, he'd never freaked out when we were in there, did he? Not when yeah. I was there. He'd yeah. always come and sit on my lap, hold my hand, and we'd read Mr. Men books. Yeah. That's what I remember doing. These weekly visits were the lifeline that pulled me and Kit through my long sentence. As an aside, 
I want to tell you about a shocking letter I received while I was making this podcast. The pandemic ground the prison system to a halt and all visits were cancelled. Hundreds of thousands of kids were denied any physical contact with their parents. As the lockdown eased over the summer, visits were slowly reinstated, but with heavy restrictions. A fortnight ago, a mother got in touch saying she'd finally visited her partner with their young daughter. At the end of the visit, the toddler had spontaneously hugged the dad. The prison then wrote to the mother, banning her and her daughter indefinitely for breaking the no-contact rule. I felt that this barbaric overreaction was symbolic of the way the prison service views the children of prisoners. It often doesn't see these innocent kids as human beings. Why else would they give inmates such pitiful visiting rights and routinely subject children to horrible treatment when they arrive? I tweeted the letter and it went viral. It's now been seen nearly two million times. The public reaction has forced the prison to apologise, but it has still banned the family from visiting for two months. Back to Lottie, who brought Kit to Wandsworth every week for nine months until I was finally moved to open prison. Isn't that that old prison saying about like an hour being like a year and then a year being like an hour or something? Yeah. Near so it does go weirdly quick, I found. Yeah, it was quick. And then Ford, open prison, which was so different. They're I really mean, laid back though, weren't Really they? laid back. Just so relaxed. The shock coming from Wandsworth where they just had zero trust. We end up you know, bringing the kids' school report. I remember that first visit. I don't think I held out the tears very well. It was just like, that bit's open. Yeah. I think Kit was thrilled that I was playing football and, and we could hug and run around yeah. and, and we were outside. Open prison was like the Ritz compared to Wandsworth. The visits were two hours long and we could play with our children properly. It really helped rebuild my relationship with Kit. But visiting open prison also had an unexpected upside for Lottie. You see, she's also a novelist, and it enabled her to research her next book. No, I was fascinated by it. And also it was useful um, because I had an idea about a story set with an open prisoner having a relationship. All these details which would be impossible to find out otherwise. But I found it very interesting that these men were suddenly, you know, they're in this position once they're inside, that they're reliant on these women to bring in their children, and there's a big power shift. That was really fascinating. That fed into the, the book writing that fed process. Into the, yeah. After two and a half tough years, Lottie and Kit drove to the prison gates to pick me up. Kit was wearing a fox onesie and he ran up and hugged me so hard we nearly fell over. He moved back in with me for half the week and we're now closer than ever. Hello. Hello. Daddy, look what I have. Done. Two pounds? <laughs> Is that for your teeth? Yeah. What, what are you going to get with those two pounds? Maybe some sweets. Because your teeth fell out. So don't you think that's a lesson there, not having more sweets? That way I'll get more money. It's worth noting that I come from a privileged background and had a wonderful support network, which enabled me and Kit to survive the ordeal. But most other prisoners aren't so lucky and often lose contact with their kids. This breakdown in family ties only fuels the shocking levels of mental illness inside. 
which I witnessed every day while working as a prison listener. So that's what we're going to look at in the next episode, where you'll hear from some other listeners about helping the helpless. It was taxing, it was fascinating, it was amazing when somebody in a terrible state ended the conversation with a smile, but it was equally shattering when it didn't. There's a few times I thought about taking my own life. That's how low I was. I'd rather have not existed than been in that situation. This has been A Bit of a Stretch, the podcast. It was written and produced by me, Chris Atkins. It was also produced by Victoria Hollingsworth. The music is by Vincent Watts. The sound mix was by Stephen Goldsmith. Since this podcast was recorded, some of these contributors have gone back inside, some of them several times. So I've written another book to find out why so many ex-prisoners re-offend again and again. It follows a colourful cast of criminals who just can't go straight, some of whom you'll recognise from this podcast. The book is called Time After Time, and it's available now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.